Welcome to the CPG Innovation Podcast, where industry thought leaders connect technology to the latest market trends in fast-moving consumer goods. I'm your host, Susanna Tripologis. In this episode, I have a fascinating conversation with Dr. Stephen Lappage and Dr. Simon Lockery. Dr. Lappage is the inaugural CEO of the Fight Food Waste Cooperative Research Center and Stop Food Waste Australia. He has spent most of his 20-year career working for or with agricultural and environmental cooperative research centers with a strong focus on new product development, commercialization, extension, and adoption. Dr. Lapid shares his experience spearheading a national approach to food waste mitigation and his efforts to increase government, consumer, and industry involvement. Dr. Lockery is a leading sustainability and design innovation researcher Having been based at RMIT University since 2009, the domains in which Dr. Lockery has managed research include life cycle assessment, also known as LCA, co-design, design innovation, green marketing, resource efficiency, sustainability strategy, tool development, and food waste. Dr. Lockery discusses his research around mitigating food waste and the life cycle of food production, and how technology plays a role in different phases of this process. My guests today have so much knowledge and insight to share with us, so let's jump right in. Welcome, Simon and Stephen. I'm thrilled to be speaking with you today. Let's start with Simon. Um, To get us started on this topic today, can you tell me what uh, food waste and food loss are and how is it measured? Yeah, absolutely, uh, Susanna. So food loss and waste um, is... um, basically a description of the whole of value chain uh, food loss and waste that we have across um, the different stages. And we generally uh, segment food loss up to um, retail. So it's basically the upstream waste that happens on the farm mm-hmm. in processing. Uh, so basically in the, in the production phases of food. And then the downstream um, waste, food waste, is what occurs when we retail uh, in the consumer's home or in food service. Uh, so there's two quite distinct sort of, I suppose, segments of the, the value chain um, where we are producing and then consuming food. So it's really coming from uh, consumers, it's coming from suppliers, it's coming from companies, it's coming from all different areas. Yeah, correct. And, you know, loss and waste, as we've sort of segment them and characterise them, uh, can occur for all sorts of different uh, reasons. They can be um, issues to do with uh, inefficiencies. Mm. They can be to to do with behaviours, both in the supply chain and in a consumer or or a food service situation, so human behaviours. It can be from environmental reasons, um, so the context in which... um, you know, the, the food supply chain is in, you know, things like cold chain. So um, poor poor um, cold chain management or, or cold chain conditions and the like. So there's all sorts of different you know, reasons why this, this loss and waste occurs and something we examine quite, uh, quite deeply yeah. in our research. I'm curious though, for my own sake too, um, who are the largest contributors of food waste? Um, do you have you measured that? Do you know who's really responsible for most of it? Yeah. So uh, what we find globally, um, uh, you know, in in the various uh, studies that have occurred, uh, there 
generally is a larger uh, proportion of food waste occurring in the home and with consumers in developed supply chains. So when we, we're very good at getting the food to uh, consumers to eat, um, but maybe our, our lifestyles, uh, our situations, um, oh, and also things like affluence can, can actually affect um, you know, the approach that consumers have to food so that we actually have a spike in the home or in food service, et cetera or the way food's presented in, in restaurants or, or the, you know, the concept of abundance, having to produce enough um, you know, to, um, to demonstrate <laughs> you know, that, that there's enough, et cetera. Uh, whereas in, in developing supply chains, we actually are, are worse at getting it to consumers. So we actually waste more or it's actually food loss at that stage at the, at the, at the downstream, sorry, the upstream. Um, where, uh, where we actually have poor cold chain or we maybe we have uh, different types of techniques on the farm mm. uh, which are just considered normal where we're actually wasting it prior to it getting to market. So uh, depending on the, on the context of the supply chain, that really um, determines where food loss or food waste occurs um, at a high proportion. That's interesting. So Steve, um, based on your experience, can you share a little bit about fight food waste? And um, what have you learned by creating a national approach to food waste? Yeah, sure. Um, so we've been on this journey for about uh, eight years or so now in terms of trying to create a national organization, getting the funding. And this particular organization, Fight Food Waste Limited, has been ongoing for three years now. And so we're still in our infancy as well. Um, we often say that we're 10 years behind Europe and some of the leading countries like the UK and the Netherlands um, in terms of trying to address food waste at a national level, but we're also trying to catch up pretty quickly. So a couple of the key indicators in terms of how well a country is doing in terms of fighting food waste, it's around have they got a national strategy? Mm -hmm. So have they got a commitment to generally to halve food waste by 2030, which is the Sustainable Development Goal 12.3, and have they got a baseline to work from? Because if, unless you understand you know, what's out there in terms of food waste, unless you can measure it, then you can't really manage it. And mm -hmm. so Australia has both of those key, uh, you know, key documents in place, um, and uh, we're certainly charging towards that, um, you know, halving food waste by 2030 at the national level. So how do you get companies to, you know, weigh in and transition and, and commit to reducing food waste? Um, because I would imagine that they have to make some changes and sometimes technology plays a role in that. So how have you seen companies make that transition? If you can maybe share a little bit about that. Well, yeah, ultimately consumers will determine whether a company makes commitments in this area. And if you look to the leading um, food manufacturers of the world uh, and you know that some of the leading retailers for example they, they've made commitments already and generally they're in line with the sustainable development goal if not even more stringent so some have committed to half food waste by 2025 for example instead of um, 2030 now uh, if the consumers are saying yes this is really important to us then uh, you know companies will change but then again they often need some support to do that particularly you know, ones that aren't multinationals and have a lot more resources. Um, and so that's where things like voluntary agreements come in, um, and that's something Australia is embarking on at the moment. Um, probably the best non-voluntary agreement uh, globally is the Portal Agreement, which was in the UK, 
and that was done by an organisation called RAP, or the Wasted Resource Action Program. That's something we're trying to emulate in Australia uh, at the moment. And in fact, we've pulled over some of the people from RAP to, to help create that. Um, and that really is a support mechanism for businesses to, you know, address food waste in their in their supply chains, but also to make sure they get the recognition for the the extra work they're putting in, and that consumers who are ultimately determining whether you know, companies make commitments in this area um, can hear about it and can read about you know the good work that a organisation is doing. In the last eight years, you said about eight years. So have you seen uh, an increase uh, of, you know, consumers that it's being impactful now that their changes have been made? Have you seen, you know, this, uh, it's going in the right direction? Yes, certainly. And um, right throughout Australia in the last couple of weeks, there's been a big supermarket chain here. I won't mention the name. Um, that's taken out double page ads, uh, you know, page two and three of every national newspaper in Australia, which there's 10 or so, um, to advertise what they've been doing around food waste and packaging and the whole sustainability um, credentials. Some of our other big supermarket chains, which are multinationals, uh, have also made commitments to half food waste just in the last few months. Um, And so we're really starting to see movement uh, in this field. Uh, Food manufacturers are coming on board as well, and this is all leading into what will hopefully be a uh, very successful voluntary agreement program uh, with a new organisation or new entity we recently created, Stop Food Waste Australia. And Stop Food Waste Australia has been created to deliver the national food waste strategy, which is to halve food waste by 2030. We're keen for all these companies to sign up with us and we'll support them to really make a big difference in Australia. I love that. I think that's so fascinating that you have such passion about it that you're, you know, working for a really good common goal for everybody. So that's, that's awesome to hear. Um, so Simon, for our listeners, maybe that they're not familiar with this concept. Can you tell us a little bit about the triple win concept? And, um, if there's been a company that you can mention that has used technology to to achieve it. Yeah, absolutely. Susanna. So, um, the triple win concept is this idea that um, you're addressing a economic, uh, a social and environmental outcome. Um, so it's mm-hmm. often also termed the triple bottom line. Uh, and in food waste, we actually find that there, you know, there's often that um, uh, that potential outcome or argument to to act on food waste. Um, so by those three pillars of the triple win, I mean um, if you're producing food waste as a company, um, you're basically wasting money <laughs> um, because you've paid for the materials, you've paid for effort uh, to, mm-hmm. to value add to the product often. So you've put in you know, labour costs, wages, um, being labour costs, um, rent, energy, all those kind of um, extra costs. So we actually find that the true cost of waste is quite a lot more than just the waste you know, numbers on the material cost or the waste management the truck coming to pick up the waste at the back of the factory. Um, so there's a, an economic argument absolutely to act. Um, there's a social cost. So, you know, even in, in developed countries, so we'll take Australia as an example, at any one time there can be up to a million people in food poverty, particularly, you know, when you've got these extreme situations where, um, you know, you've got pandemics where people are losing their, you know, their work and, and they're not necessarily earning the money that they used to. 
And to put that in perspective, Australia's got, you know, about 25, 26 million people. <laughs> so we're not talking about a small percentage of the population who are actually in that situation. So if you can redistribute the food that's being wasted or lost across the supply chain to people who can't afford it, there's a social win to acting on food waste too. Um, mm -hmm. And then also um, there, there's an environmental argument. So, uh, you know, food wasted is wasted environmental load, all of the you know, environmental inputs that you put into making the food are lost. Um, plus, there are other emission-based you know, issues. So if you, if you look at food waste in terms of greenhouse gas emissions, uh, if it was a nation, it would be the third largest emitter of carbon after you know, the US and China. So you know, we're actually talking about you know, a large argument to act you know, solely on environmental grounds too. So the triple win is addressing those three big pillars. Um, in terms of a company, I mean, uh, just three weeks ago, I was up on the Gold Coast in Australia and I was walking through a bakery of one of our biggest bakers, Goodman Fielder, who have actually reduced um, the, the waste through their factory through implementation of new um, processes as well mm -hmm. as new equipment in the factory to the point where it's over 90% decrease in waste on the line wow. in the factory. Wow. Plus they've addressed the redistribution of any waste that's going on um, to social outcomes uh, as well as animal feed as well. So it means that you know they're feeding animals that then move into a social outcome where we're, we're feeding people <laughs> um, you know, through that, that um, yeah, uh, animal food system. Um, and also, you know, they're, they're saving money. So um, they're, they're not wasting that food. So the, the effort that's going into making that bread through the bakery is actually paying off rather than having, you know, as much waste as they had, say, five years ago. So, and that went through a concerted effort of planning implementation of new kit, new processes, new destination partnerships um, for anything mm -hmm. that wasn't, um, wasn't going to go to, uh, uh, necessarily mm -hmm. go to a good outcome. So, you know, Goodman Fieldo in Australia is a good example of a company that's really looked at this issue in great detail and, and, um, and achieved triple wins through that, that bakery up on, on the Gold Coast. That's great. Um, so, Stephen, maybe I can direct this question towards you since you mentioned the UK and <clears throat> I guess every country is handling food waste a little bit differently. Where do you see um, countries can, you know, do their own type of analysis or technology to measure this? Are you seeing that different countries are applying different methods or is it really standard across the board? Um, I know your focus really is in Australia, uh, but I'm sure you have a global perspective on things. So is there certain you know regions or countries that you think that maybe we should focus on or um, areas of food waste that we should be you know more concerned with? So in terms of uh, what's happening internationally, uh, a number of years ago, a group called the World Resources Institute, which is based in New York, uh, sorry, Washington, um, DC, uh, came up with um, the global accounting standard for food loss and waste accounting. So that's what we all tend to use um, as a bit of a standard because everyone was measuring waste in, um, in their own way. Um, it's not... Uh, completely unified and certainly countries are defining food loss and waste slightly differently um, and that's because everyone's got different production systems so a good example 
uh, in Australia is that we're a big sugarcane producer. Now, sugarcane produces a lot of waste uh, in terms of its gas, it's inedible. Um, and uh, if we included that the gas in our national um, you know, food waste uh, baseline, it would add another couple of million tonnes of food waste, um, even though you can't actually eat it. So wow. that's where if we use the strict definition, you know, our food waste levels be 30% higher than what they actually are. Um, and so that's where it, each country needs to refine, you know, to some extent, um, the uh, the accounting protocol. Mm. But we do want to be comparing apples with sure. apples still. Sure. So um, in, in terms of uh, areas that we need to be concentrating on, Look, I think one that often, so Simon's already mentioned household food waste and generally in, in most of the world, de developed world, I should say, that is the highest levels um, and often accounts for, you know, 40 to 50% of a country's food waste. Um, the one that um, often goes a bit unnoticed is primary production food, uh, food loss. Uh, and that's because we don't have good figures uh, on how much loss is occurring in, in a lot of production systems. Mm -hmm. um, it's often seen as a cost of doing business. And um, so, you know, businesses just don't often measure it. And when we try and do surveys to try and get those figures, they'll say, well, we know it's significant, but we just don't know, you know, what it is. And if you don't know what it is, coming back to my comment before, then you're unlikely to manage it, right. see it as a, you know, imposition. So um, primary production, certainly for a country like Australia, which you know, we have a population of 25 million, we actually produce enough food in this country to feed 75 million people. Um, and so you know, we're a big primary producer and we need to be getting a better handle uh, on that. Um, probably America is very similar as well. And even places like um, you know, the UK, they've got excellent data in food manufacturing and household food waste and retail but again it's the uh, primary production levels that uh, are a bit more unknown i've been focusing on that more in recent years but i, I think generally globally we, we need to understand that uh, the production losses more mm -hmm. so i presume you could use the data resources or technology to measure that the impact um do either of you have a comment on the technology and uh be maybe like the predictive analysis of how you see things can change by measuring it today and, and predicting the future of the impact of making it successful. Yeah, if I, if I can start off and then I'll hand over to Simon. I guess um, uh, people are aware of the accounting and reporting protocol or the Food Loss and Waste Index out of the United Nations and, and FAO. Mm -hmm. um, the tools to actually um, utilise um, you know, those protocols to generate a true cost of waste is what's often been missing in the past um so it's you know it's back of the envelope sometimes in in terms of doing these calculations uh, where we're heading is uh, you know, a, a product called direct um that has been developed by a company called Celeron uh, and a, a power locally in australia that really assesses um the true cost of food waste um so that's one tool that we're promoting through you know our all of our um CRC or Cooperative Research Centre projects, so they can get a good handle or a good baseline on um, what the true cost of waste is in a particular production system, and then we can you know, uh, work at uh, mitigation strategies to address that and then again measure what the true impact has been because we're a very impact-focused organisation, mm -hmm. but we don't want to overestimate our impact. We want a true reflection of what the impact is. But look, Simon, um, I'll pass it over to you. You've obviously been more involved in 
indirect and uh, you can probably uh, uh, let the, the listeners know a bit more about that. No, that's that's a very good um, summary, I think, Steve. So, yeah, thanks for that. Um, I think the, yeah, the, the key thing, I think, in this whole issue of measurement is data. So um, what we find when we go into smaller organisations, large organisations, uh, and certainly in the home, uh, is that there's a lack of data and there's a disparate nature of data measurement, if any at all. So some are doing some sample, you know, measurement um, manually. Some actually have very sophisticated uh, digital systems that pull a lot of data in, but they're not necessarily cutting it in a way that shows the mass and the cost flows that relate mm -hmm. to, to, to waste and loss. Uh, and that's really what we're trying to do with, um, with Direct, the tool that we're developing through the CRC, um, where we're trying to firstly align to the food loss and waste standard, so the protocols that have been designed globally to, um, to give companies and governments some certainty about um, repeatability and consistency in how we collect the data and then analyse the data, uh, and also de develop a tool that we, we can actually cater for different types of data. So whether it's coming off a, you know, um, SAP uh, system where um, you know, a whole lot of inventory management financial data is coming into a company that is actually collecting that data or um, at, a, at a more manual level where uh, a company might be collecting it uh, and, and have to input it manually but they still have a system that once they do that there's some consistency between what they're measuring and what, uh, what a, you know, maybe another company that's pulling in a whole lot of digital data is measuring. And, and put simply, um, you know, it's really just trying to measure the masses that go in to a um, stage of the of the food system and the masses that come out, the products that we make and the different destinations that might be traditional waste destinations like landfill or they might be more high-value um, destinations like food rescue for people who can't afford food or, or animal feed, so we're still putting the, the oh. food loss or waste into... To the food system um, and and I suppose also it's just that aha moment of the true cost of waste where we are actually showing companies not just the material loss cost and the waste management bill they get from Veolia or whoever is picking up their waste but it's the wages and the energy costs and the you know, uh, you know all the rent all of the facility sort of costs that they are actually also putting into managing something that doesn't go into the final food product mm -hmm. now once you show that to companies they realize ah this is actually a much bigger financial issue and a much bigger waste issue that we thought and um, it can then if they benchmark that put in some scenarios future scenarios that show if they spend a bit of money doing something up front What's the bang for buck on the change? What's the reduction in the environmental problem based on that change? So it's really that, that benchmark scenario and strategy piece that uh, a tool like this will probably provide those who, who use it. Um, so yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that's what we're hoping is the future, is that we're actually gonna measure a lot better both of what our benchmark is and what the, what the potential actions are um, to, to get to a much better place. We're coming to the close here, and so I'm, I just want to get your final thoughts because um, you have a great goal in 2030, and I hope 
we can reconnect at that point and your goals have will be met. Um, do you think you'll achieve everything that you want to, that you'll get to the 50% uh, in the next eight and a half years? Yeah, look, um, the, we've been doing quite a bit of modeling around whether we can achieve this uh, or not. So our initial organization, the Cooperative Research Center, had a target of um, reducing food waste by 30 million tonnes, um, actually by 2035, but um, we finished 2028. Um, and uh, on the projects that we've got in place and the projects we're looking to get in place over the coming years, then yes, I think we can achieve that target. And that's about a 25% reduction overall. To achieve the 50%, and that's a commitment we've recently taken on with um, Stop Food Waste Australia, uh, it will require a, a massive effort and it will require you know, good commitment to a voluntary agreement program from industry. It will require a national behaviour change campaign that we've already touched on. So we don't have quite have all the ingredients uh, in place yet, all the tools in place. I think if we do get all those tools in place, then yes, we, we can make it. Um, you know, how many countries around the world will achieve that target um, is unknown. Mm -hmm. Certainly the uh, the Netherlands and the UK are probably the, the two uh, leading countries at the moment. Um, but uh, look, I, I think with their guidance as well, and we look, uh, look to them whenever possible, then I think we can make it. But uh, that's only if the, uh, the accelerator stays, you know, uh, flat to the floor, uh, if you like, and we don't... Uh, you know, become complacent uh, when, if, if and when we start doing well, because that is what often happens in, in other countries. Uh, they'll have a, a great peak in terms of, you know, uh, reducing food loss and waste, and then that'll start coming, uh, you know, start going down again, waste will increase because people become complacent and um, we've just got to avoid that trap that uh, other countries have seen. So what are you most excited about moving forward uh, with this plan? Oh, for me, it really is trying to get the all the uh, tools in place, mm -hmm. and um, but I think the the national behaviour change campaign is is what uh, you know I think about at night, <laughs> and um, you know it's that's something that's really important as a country uh, to try and unite our efforts, um, and uh, you know in in countries where they don't have separate states and territories and things like that, I'm sure it's probably an easier path, but. Um, in, in the other way, uh, that can also be a huge advantage because it means potentially we've got additional resources to achieve the target. And so um, what develops in the coming years in that space, I think will be really exciting. Um, and um, yeah, look, I, I uh, really hope that uh, we can achieve it here. I hope that America uh, you know, can also mm -hmm. uh, achieve that target because I've got the same commitment, of course. Um, and um, I think it's going to be a, a really exciting next nine years in terms of uh, you know all countries trying to achieve that 50% food waste reduction target. That's great. And, and you, Simon, what are you most excited about going forward? Well, yeah, obviously, you know, the, that that um, goal, quite, you know, lofty goal pulls us along, um, helps us kick the can along the road, so to speak, <laughs> um, in terms of our efforts. Um, but I mean, my ex excitement with all of this is just—I mean, I've, I've always been very much an industry-embedded um, practitioner or, or academic, depending on um, where I'm playing at the time. And this really gives me the opportunity to, you know, apply the design angle and skills and mindset on, you know, a, a big problem, uh, a big world problem, 
uh, and and hopefully achieve some really innovative outcomes. Um, innovation gets thrown around as a buzzword all the time, but there are real opportunities in this space to innovate, you know, properly <laughs> create new things, novel things that haven't been done before uh, in a, you know, one of our major systems, which is the global food system. So for me, that's exciting, right? Um, you know, I get to, um, you know, play in that space with the opportunity to create things that are, are new that could address um, a massive issue for the globe, particularly, uh, you know, in the context of, you know, growing pressures around things like climate change, peak resources, water shortages, population growth, all these things create more, I suppose, tension and, and, and make the food waste issue more acute. Mm -hmm. um, so if we can address food waste as these things are, are coming you know, online, um, we may actually um, uh, pull the burden back a bit from those other issues that are occurring too. So, you know, there's a real need for this and it's exciting to be a part of um, this. And working with industry, government, academia, all together, you know, on a problem like this is also, I think, quite an exciting proposition. It's great. And I just really commend the both of you for all your efforts because, um, as I stated earlier, you're both really passionate about this. And I love seeing that in people, especially the two of you working very hard and diligently to get that goal for the common good for all of us. And I want to thank you for joining us today. I really appreciated the talk and, in, and the insight that you provided. And um, we will touch base to see how things are going in the future. But I want to thank you today. Great. Thanks, Susanna. Thanks, Susanna. You've been listening to the CPG Innovation Podcast. You'll find complete bios for today's guests as well as links to their work on our website. While you're there, check out past episodes and additional content on fast-moving consumer goods. Make sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you listen so you don't miss an episode. The CPG Innovation Podcast is presented by Celerant. I'm your host, Susanna Tripologis. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next time. Yeah.